Well, friends, Merry Christmas. If we haven't met, my name is Adam, and it is the best night of the year uh, to be senior pastor at our church. I'm so glad uh, that we can worship together tonight. You know, when we look at the nativity scene, it's a snapshot of unlikely friends. It's this weird mix of people. You have Mary and Joseph, bewildered new parents. Then you've got shepherds straight off the farm, straight out of working with the flock. Then some angels show up. And then later, traveling astrologers from the east. These are vastly varied people brought together all to worship Jesus. And I love that image because that's the goal. That's the vision of our church, a community of unlikely friends following Jesus together. If you look at the seat row in front of you, we have one of these. It's a Connect card, and there's a QR code you can scan, especially with, if you're new to our church. This will give us a chance to connect with you, not harass you, uh, but simply uh, help you find out how you can get connected here at our church. One of my favorite shows is on YouTube. Uh, has anybody seen the show Worth It on the BuzzFeed uh, channel? It's got like a bazillion views. And the concept of Worth It is these people go to try the same kind of genre of food item at three different places at three different price points. And the whole point of the show is at the end they decide which one is the most worth it at its cost. And I think that brings up an interesting question. What makes something worth it? We might think of things in terms of being worth our energy, our physical energy or our emotional energy. Like putting up Christmas lights, right? Is that worth a sore back the next day? Is it worth me procrastinating on putting them away until I get an HOA letter in February? <laughs> Is it worth it? You decide. You decide. Or, you know, are you going to go to so-and-so's house for your fifth Christmas gathering? Is that worth the emotional energy for you? Again, I'll let you decide whether that's worth it or not. We also assess if something is worth it in two major ways. Worth our money or worth our time. If beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then value is in the wallet of the buyer. Worth is in the wallet of the buyer. Would you pay over $1,200 for Taylor Swift floor seats? If you can get them, right? I see some head nods both ways. What about, let's just, let's just assume, now I'm, not, I'm not trying to jinx this here, but let's just, for the sake of assumption, say that the Chiefs host the AFC title game. Would you pay $383 for a seat way at the top? What about $30 to $70 for the KC Symphony? My guess is each of us kind of answered these differently. We all decide what's worth it to us. There are whole industries devoted to determining something's worth. Right, like when you're trading in your car or you're trying to sell your car, what's, what's the authority on the value of used cars? Help me out. Kelly Blue Book, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Or there's entire companies like PSA that, that determine the condition of collectibles in order to assess their value. Now, I don't know a ton about this, but I'm guessing uh, with all the kids in here, do we have any Pokemon card fans with us in worship tonight? Because I found a Pokemon card on eBay that sold for $9,500. I was told in an earlier service that this is a first edition. And that is what uh, helps skyrocket the value. I can't imagine paying $9,000 for any one of anything that doesn't have wheels. But the Pokemon card is worth almost ten grand. So I see, you know, some of the parents kind of perking up a little bit. Like they're going to maybe pay a little more attention 
uh, to what their kids are opening up. Now, there's other things we decide are worth it or not in terms of our time. Like some of y'all are going to make, or maybe you already have, you're going to make rolls or biscuits like from scratch. And it's this, this long, wonderful process. Others of us find joy in, in the efficiency of the Pillsbury can, right? You just don't need to waste all that time. It's all right. We certainly put a lot of time and money into celebrating Christmas. Presents, shopping, decorating, cooking, parties, our family traditions, church. So what's Christmas worth? According to Jesus, everything. Around 30 years after his birth, Jesus told a story as he often would. And Jesus told these stories to help illustrate these eternity-sized truths in ways that we can understand and comprehend. In just two short verses, he answers the question of just how much is worth giving up in order to receive the gift that God offers us. This is from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So when Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven, he's describing a different way of viewing the world and a different way of, of living in the world. God's way. William Barclay defined the kingdom of God as to accept and do the will of God. The kingdom of God is what Jesus was born to show us. That's why he came. And so if we're going to be a part of God's kingdom and do things our way, we'll probably have to give up doing some things our way if we're going to do things God's way. But when we discover the joy of God's way, it makes whatever we give up worth it. And that's what these stories illustrate. Like a man who finds treasure in a field. Now it may seem odd to us in the 21st century that someone would just bury something valuable, but in the first century... It makes a lot more sense when you think there weren't banks. There, there were very secure places to keep valuables. So if you wanted to make sure something was safe, you buried it. I think this is what Cousin Eddie did in one of the vacation movies. And so the man in the story discovers one such buried treasure in the ground, and it's worth so much that he sells everything just to make it his. Now this man finds a treasure he wasn't expecting. I wonder, has there been a time this season that you've seen or felt God at work unexpectedly. Now, the story Jesus tells is really one singular story with two different parts. The first man discovered the treasure unexpectedly, but the second man is searching for fine pearls. This story is known as the pearl of great price. The conclusion is similar. He finds something worth so much that he sells everything in order to obtain it. What could possibly be worth so much that you would give up everything? In 2011, a company called Mars One had a goal of sending humans to start a colony on Mars. In their words, a, a colony of people to stay. And they have what I would describe as an aggressive timeline. You can see they kind of fell short of their mission to start a colony on Mars. But about 10 years ago, they put a call out for people to apply to be among the first sent to Mars. Here's the thing, it would be a one-way trip. Like you ain't coming back. 
And I thought, oh my gosh, who, who, would, who would go for something like this? Well, apparently, over 10,000 people applied. And, and I just thought that would be an interesting kind of conversation with someone you know or love or a significant other. Hey, I had a job interview today. Oh, <laughs> with who? Doing what? Astronaut to Mars. And if my interview went well, I will never see you again. <laughs> right? Like, I just, being an astronaut on an experimental expedition to Mars, in my mind, not worth it. But Jesus tells us that becoming a part of the kingdom of God, putting our trust in Jesus, is worth giving up whatever it takes. Because you gain everything truly worth getting. Missionary Jim Elliott famously said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And so if Jesus was born to show us the kingdom of God, who's invited to be a part of it? Who was worth Christmas? Why did Jesus do it? Well, according to the Christmas story, it was for everyone. Who's worth it? Everyone. When Jesus' birth was announced, we might assume that the most worth it people would be among the first to be invited to experience this good news, be among the first to know. But that's not how it went. The book of Luke tells us there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. These were night shift shepherds. Now, my wife was saying, nothing wrong with being a, a night shift person. I agree. I'll be here till midnight tonight. I'm working the night shift. But these were the night shift shepherds. They were looked down on by the most religious people because their work kept them from participating in most of the Jewish rituals required of law-abiding Jews, of observant Jews. Shepherding was also a humble and stinky job. And so this is the audience chosen by God to receive the angelic announcement of Jesus' birth. The nighttime shepherds. We read on in Luke 2, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Jesus was born in, in humble circumstances, and the very first people who were invited to witness it were humble people. Jesus wasn't born only for the most religious or the most impressive or the people who, according to the world, are worth the most. Jesus followed the same pattern in everything he did once he was grown. He treated the outcasts of his day with the same worth as the rich in high society. Maybe you're like me, and you've been guilty of treating people differently when it comes to who's worth our time or our resources. It's easy to make quick assessments of people based on their exterior. But Jesus doesn't treat people differently. That's part of the amazing miracle of Christmas. Jesus' birth reveals our worth. Writing in the fourth century, St. Athanasius said this, our own cause was the occasion of his descent and that our own transgressions evoked Jesus' love for human beings so that the Lord both came to us and appeared among human beings. For we were the purpose of his embodiment 
And for our salvation, he so loved human beings as to come to be and appear in a human body. Jesus left eternity to put on mortality. He left perfection to be born in a barn. He came to us in a way that we can understand and he would suffer all the same things we do, all because in his eyes, we were worth it. Jesus told a story about a merchant searching for pearls. And when he found the pearl of great price, he went and gave up everything he had. He sold it to buy this one pearl. Christmas shows us we are God's pearl of great price. In his joy, God gave his only son to be born for our sake so that our salvation would be secure and so we would be his treasured possession. At Christmas, we celebrate that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Friends, Jesus' birth reveals our worth. So what's it worth in order to follow this Savior, Jesus, who was born as a baby in a manger? Everything. Merry Christmas, friends. And everybody said, amen.